You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Cowboys pick up the pieces after that performance. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys here on a Thursday with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow me at RW3. And if you got anything to say about the Cowboys, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you also follow at Blogging the Boys, where you can get all of our great content delivered to you all the time, every single day, two podcasts a day, doing that. There on bloggingtheboys.com. But Tom, my goodness, what the Cowboys put out there after giving us such warm and fuzzy feelings for two weeks, really kicking the demons of the past away and saying, this will not happen again. This year is different, Tom. This year's different. But then last week happened and it didn't, it wasn't Sunday. When it happened, Tom, why don't you take us through how things transpired and how we got to where we did before we look full? Yeah, it it looked like Cowboys were pretty good health. Everything was going well. There were talk. I believe Stephen Jones may have said something about maybe we could see the starting five offensive linemen all out there at once, which scarily enough i think he said again earlier this week so i'm just gonna walk away from that then the the real blow hit and trayvon diggs was injured in practice torn acl out for the season uh where did that come from we don't know but okay they got depth on the defense they should be able to cover for this not a problem at least the offense can pick up the slack and then it's just like we started hearing, whoa, looks like Zach Martin's having a little problem. Well, Tyron Smith isn't doing so well. Well, Tyler Biotis is a little nicked up. And then on Friday and Saturday, it just went to hell. And we roll into this game with only two of the starters playing. Uh, Biotish and Martin were inactive for the game. Tyler Smith was suited up, but along with Cooper Rush, he did not see a down during the game. Uh, Tyron Smith, right, was Tyron, suited up. Tyron. Tyler yeah, did think, play. Think, yeah, I don't know if I was just me slurring or if I actually said that wrong, but Tyron Smith was you're just standing there on the sidelines looking not exactly happy. About the situation, I don't know what was going on there or if that was just him, you know, just being stoic or something. And the snowball happened. Things went wrong. Uh, It's interesting because I saw on, you know, Wednesday a couple of my articles that I had actually written early in the week uh, hit. 
and they were, you know, analyzing some of the things that went wrong in this game. And people are saying, we need to look forward. Okay. Reminder, you cannot look forward to how you're going to play a game unless you've got an idea how you're going to fix the things that lost you the last one. And that's what we're looking at here. Um, you know, these are things that, was it a blip? If it's just a blip, if it's just a fluke, that's great. The evidence says it is. This well, is stuff that we seem to be having problems with. I would say to the optimistic Cowboys fan out there, they can hang their hat on the fact that three Pro Bowl starting offensive linemen were unavailable. Like you can hang your hat on that fact potentially and cross your fingers hoping that when and dare I say if we ever see the entire starting line together again this season, you can maybe hope that things look different. But as you suggest, Tom, the evidence beyond just the offensive line deficiencies suggests there's some underlying stuff here that needs to be examined and needs to be corrected immediately if the Cowboys really want to be in the position of contention at the end of the season. Because we all thought, really up until Saturday, even with Trayvon Diggs going down, hey, they can weather the storm. I personally felt like the Diggs lost Tom, I actually think that was bigger. That happened right after we recorded this podcast yeah. last week, and so we didn't get a chance to mention it. But I think it has a much greater effect than a lot of people are giving it credit for, simply because that trickle-down effect, it's not often the number two and number three – or excuse me, it's not often the number one and number two cornerbacks that aren't necessarily the guys that are getting targeted and getting picked on week in and week out. And as we saw, it can be the third or the fourth guy that teams will go after again and again and again and again until you figure out a way to stop it. And it seemed like the Cardinals took advantage of that a little bit there on yeah. Sunday as well. Yeah, I, I will posit that it wasn't really the pass game. Yeah, they got completely burned on a 69-yard completion. Um, just looked like a totally blown coverage, which may – not have happened had Diggs been out there. I'll give you that. The rest of the game, caveat, it was Joshua Dobbs. The rest of the game, the passing game was okay. But we'll talk about the defense in a minute. Mm -hmm. To me, the, the, the first person that I want to frown severely at is Mike McCarthy. This team looked unprepared, discombobulated, and – inflexible and i put that primarily on him he came out and played the same offensive game plan he did for the past two weeks with multi-score leads run the ball a lot uh short passes uh just go down the field uh use up a lot of plays burn clock when you're behind that doesn't make as you know very much sense yet that's exactly how he played he called the game all the way through. And they marched easily between the 20s. Just went right down, got to the red zone, and then it was like stepping into the La Brea tar pits. You know, they just quit moving all of a sudden. Uh, 
they wound up, they kicked a couple of field goals. They had a turnover on downs, and Dak Prescott threw his first interception of the year when it was late in the game, and he had to try and get some points on the board. So people can just get all hyper about Dak throwing a pick, but well, you could argue they didn't have him throwing the ball as much as they should have down the stretch. And that goes back to Mike McCarthy and the play calling in which he wasn't able to adjust his game plan to the circumstances. And this is a fear that Cowboys fans, unfortunately, have had to deal with for the better part more than a decade, right? Because Jason Garrett really wasn't a terrific halftime you know, adjustments guy. And it appears, it has appeared, that Mike McCarthy isn't capable of a whole lot of that either. And that's yeah. concerning for a guy that hangs his hat on the fact that he went into the lab for an entire offseason and came out with this greater understanding and enlightenment of the game of football. Because from the way that it looks, it's probably lining up a lot more with his introductory press conference in which he basically admitted that was a load of crap, that he didn't watch as much of the Cowboys as he had in the past. And I'm not doing this to take the piss out of Mike McCarthy because I think through the first two weeks, he had done a fine job. But I will take issue with every coach in the NFL that has an inability to adjust, that has an inability to make a decision on the fly and understand that what you've come up with up to that point is not working. Yeah. It, it was like it was working a little bit, so he kept sticking with it, but it, it, it wasn't enough, and he didn't see that. Uh, to me, a couple of the, the things that really are problematical. Okay, they had, I think, 5.6 yards per rushing attempt, which is good. You should be able to get a first and 10 inside the red zone. And if you're averaging 5.6 yards, a carry in four plays, you're going to be in the end zone. It's just, it should happen. But in the red zone, things compress. They, they choke down. You don't have as much room to operate. And yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the play calling there, but he, he, you know, they only had five and a half yards per passing attempt. What? You know, you got to throw the ball more than six or seven yards down the field. And they had one long completion to see the him, but they just, they see, he seems to be too, they seem to have leaned too much into the quick read. Oh, you've got somebody open four yards down the field, throw the ball. Through. Okay. You want yard? Oh dear. You got tackled right on the spot. Okay. That isn't getting your offense moving. If if you come out with a pass and and you've got more than four yards to go and you only get four yards, that to me is kind of a wasted opportunity on a passing play. That's well stated because we sent the last guy out of here because all he wanted to do was try to get more out of passing plays, right? Try to get the most that he could out of his passing plays. And granted, Kellen Moore and Los Angeles not doing all that great as of yet. But I would say that from a game plan standpoint, Mike McCarthy has dialed it back almost to a degree in which they seem incapable of 
taking a shot down the field. And I am baffled by that, especially given their infatuation with Brandon Cooks over the last two years and how badly they wanted him to be a part of this thing. I mean, they've been pursuing that move with Houston for over a year and a half, as we heard about last year, and yet they're not putting him in a position where it seems that he would be the most effective. Am I am I wrong in that? Yeah, I don't know what the story is with Cooks. He has been a non-factor. You know, he missed the second game, but he had no real production in the first game. He had no real production this game. Uh, he had seven targets and only caught two balls. And there's an interesting quirk to this game because according to uh, the NFL stats, uh, Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and uh, Jake Ferguson all had seven targets each. You know, that's great to have spread your attack and have a balanced attack, but shouldn't you be going with somebody like Michael Gallup, who was catching just about everything and almost had 100 yards, even though he was getting the same number of looks as the other players? Uh, I, I, that seems to me a little bit more of that weird inflexibility. And, okay, Lamb, I'm not too concerned about because, you know, he had a decent day, and I think teams are, you know, Frankly, they're looking to stop him. They know that he's the big target. Yeah. Um, At the end of the season, like, CeeDee Lamb is going to have all of his numbers. At the yeah. end of the year, he'll have 85 catches. He'll have twelve to 1,300 yards. He'll have somewhere between six to 10 or 12 touchdowns. Like, yeah. he'll have his. Yeah. And you got Gallup coming on. Maybe that'll uh, help things out. But – don't ride with Cooks if he missed if he's not connecting early on. Roll Jalen Tolbert out there. Let's see what he can do. Uh, hey, Kavani Turpin's on the team. Remember, apparently Mike McCarthy didn't in this particular game uh, because you know Tolbert was on the field uh, just seventeen percent of the snaps, where Cooks was out there eighty, and Tolbert never saw a target. Turpin was barely on the field, never saw a target. Deuce Vaughn wasn't on the field, period. That'll be something to talk about more here in a minute. It's just, this is like, okay, I got my plan, and let's stick with the plan all the way through, no matter what the results we're seeing are. Uh, that ain't my idea how we do this stuff, okay? Uh, and I admit, I'm no coach, I'm no expert, but if it ain't working, don't you want to do something to fix it? That's just how I feel about it. And, you know, and if you, you talked, you said halftime adjustments, but, you know, halftime is too brief in the NFL to really do much. I think that the thing is you have to be able to, to, to have a contingency plan in mind. You have to have, be able, as you said, to shift on the fly. McCarthy didn't. And I think it really cost them this game, which yeah. that that was no evident nowhere more clearly than in the red zone. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I get your point, and and I agree with you. I think what typically I say when I say halftime adjustments, it's more of an ability to identify the things that you are struggling with and then address them through play calling or through scheme to Mm -hmm. mitigate those issues. Whereas what I feel like I fear I see from Mike McCarthy and have seen from Cowboys coaches in the past – is this stubbornness to be willing to bang their head against the wall with their game plan until it's proven to be too late to make an adjustment anyway. And so, yeah, I I get what you're saying, right? Halftime adjustment, that's probably a little bit too uh, stated in, in that way. But the coaching staff needs to come up with a game plan that shows us that they're here and and they can make a difference after getting torched in that way. Now I will say like in this specific matchup against the Patriots, I don't think they have the personnel to do the same things that hurt the Cowboys, right? Uh, Brian brought us put out there in regards to the rushing attack for the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they gashed the Cowboys, but did you know that in between the tackles, they had seven rushes for just 17 yards. Yeah. But yeah, on was, the outsides, right? Yeah. That was when they got 220. Yeah. And now yeah, it's like we we we're going to have to talk some more about that in a minute, but I want the in the red zone I I just I can't figure out why in the world it was just hand the ball off to Tony Pollard, okay, maybe Rico Dowdle. Uh, try to find Jake first. And that just that was really kind of all they were doing over and over. Remember a guy named Deuce Vaughn? Why didn't he show up? Why didn't they at least give him a little try to see if he could spark something down there? Especially after he failed a couple of times. In that time to try something else, but no, we kept seeing the same thing. We saw Hunter Lipke show that he can be an offensive weapon. He oh, had a, a, a nine, I think I think it was a nine-yard run and a 12-yard reception. That's a big fellow. You're down there trying to bang it in. Don't you want a big guy trying to bang it in? Why not give him a try for a play? Actually try to get the ball to him. I was thinking you set up a play where you've got that little uh read option thing with Dak Prescott and Lepke and toss the ball out to Lepke if there's a safety in front of him. And let's see who wins that collision. Why not? Why weren't they? What they were doing wasn't working, and it seemed like the more it didn't work, the more they clung to it. So I'm just 
you know, I'm 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 hoping this is because Martin and Biotish and Ty, Tyron Smith were all out. Um, but we don't know they're going to be back. Uh, they none of them uh, practiced. Uh, they said that Tyron Smith was probably on a veteran rest day. I think they're really worried about his knee, which I believe is his problem. Uh, Biotish and Martin were both working on the side. Uh, we heard words of hope they could be back. Yeah, I'll believe it when they say that they're active for the game. Well, I will say, as we're discussing the things that we would like to see the Cowboys address in this game against the Patriots, in regards to the red zone stuff, like there's not a whole lot they can do in this singular game to make me believe that this is not going to be an ongoing issue for the entire season, Tom. I mean, you named Deuce Vaughn and Hunter Lepke, and while I agree, I want to see them out there to be given an opportunity, the only reason I'm clamoring for it is because they clearly don't have a go-to answer in that space. As good as CeeDee Lamb is, he's not the size receiver, it seems, of a Des Bryant to be able to give them that back shoulder fade, go up and get it. Now, you can't make the spectacular catch, right? The one-arm grab, the, I mean, the extension plays, he can make those, but I don't think of him as that physical guy that can body a DB, right? Like, he might be just as liable to get pushed back on one of those 50-50 balls, and therefore, there's this is going to be an issue all season. If anything, I think they're probably going to lean on the tight ends to fill this role and hope that they can make it happen that way. And uh, that's, that's concerning for the long I term. I would not season. be unhappy to see them roll out in the red zone with three tight ends and Michael Gallup, because Gallup can grab the ball in some really mm-hmm. contested situations and then go small in the backfield, go Lepke in the backfield just get some weapons out there and give the uh, opposing defense something that they don't really know what the Cowboys are doing with. Yeah. How about the diamond formation with the uh, offensive linemen in the backfield that they utilized last year or the three tight ends in the backfield that they could utilize in that fashion as well? Like that's the type of stuff that we're asking for Mike McCarthy to deliver and we just haven't seen it yet. Now, granted, through two games, they didn't need it. So perhaps he didn't go deep enough in his bag to consider these items against Arizona, but they've had time to prepare for it now. So we should see plenty of options for the Cowboys when they take on the New England Patriots. Uh, speaking of that, Tom, is there any chance at all that we get a repeat performance from the defense? I almost, I, I can almost give the offense a pass. I can almost give the offense a pass for having three offensive linemen out of that quality, because like I do think that probably threw everything off. Timing, Dak's considerations, it definitely had a hand in the number of penalties that they committed in that game. Uh, oh, but yeah. we, right, we, like, didn't, we didn't even write up the penalties for the accompanying article, and it was, it was atrocious. Well, but that it, goes... It was, to me, that's Mike McCarthy still, right? Like, that's Mike yeah. McCarthy. That's preparation. That's 
you got a bunch of young guys and you're worried about them being in a hostile environment, maybe not being in hostile environment. It's 65% Cowboys fans in Arizona. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're able to shush the crowd basically. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, but, and I don't want to talk about it because not only did they get so many penalties called, but there was clearly a, a extremely inadequately officiated game. There were, there were missed calls. There were phantom calls. There were just all kinds of stuff going on. You know, it's, the Cardinals had nine flags against them, so the Cowboys weren't the only ones getting getting yellow thrown out all the time. But, yeah, this run defense scares me. They gave up 222 yards. You mentioned the fact that it wasn't between the tackles, and I noticed that. They were stuck. If, if they were running in the vicinity of Hankins or Mozzie Smith, that ball was getting stopped. But they were getting loose. Just they would have these enormous lanes. Uh you know, yeah, there was one play where, where Leighton Vandresh was clearly just tackled when he had a shot at bringing the ball carrier down, but it was still going to be a positive game. I think they the, virtually neutralized Micah Parsons as much as you kind of can in a game. Like, specifically the running on at him one of the, kind of thing. Yeah, running at him in the option play. Specifically on one, Josh Dobbs left him in the dust. And you could yeah. tell, like he fr- he was frustrated in the moment. Like he kind of like shrugged his helmet back and was like, "I can't believe I missed him." Well, yeah, that seemed to happen a lot. Yeah, I I to me there was a th- this was just there was something just wrong. There was something out of kil- off kilter because, uh, and I've mentioned this multiple times writing this week. At the end of the first quarter, Mike Pars- Micah Parsons was upset. And it was trying to get the play, trying to get the defense set. He was, you could see him, you know, gesturing to the sideline. What are we doing? What's going on? And and something was not right out there. And I think that that was just a visible sign of something that happened the entire game. And I... I you know, we thought Dan Quinn was some kind of genius. Well, he better find some genius and get this stuff sorted back out because that was just – that was a meltdown I did not ever think was going to happen this season. I thought they might have some down games, but this was just a complete and total uh, face plant. Uh, you know, they screwed the pooch out there. I just – you know, I don't know how else to put it. This just – Please let this have been an aberration. Please let this have been some kind of psychological hangover from Trayvon Diggs' injury. You know, please let them get this righted quickly because if you can run the ball like that against the Cowboys, you can beat them most days. You can do, you can kind of do what you want to them. If yeah. you can run the ball like that, they're going to have to overcommit and you can do what you want to them. And then your pass game is going to open up, yeah. Because they're going to have they're going to have to load the box up. Oh, and, and you know, I don't know that that the Patriots can run it well. I am worried yeah. about the fact that I'll th- I'll tell you that I think Mac Jones is a clearly a better quarterback than Joshua Dobbs was. Uh I agree from a pure quarterback standpoint. I think. Dobbs is more dangerous with his legs, and that makes me fear him more than I fear Mac Jones. I hope you're right. 
Um, having said that, right, we cannot go this entire podcast without mentioning the fact that the team, the guy who's likely going to be running against the Cowboys, right, who's going to be potentially making that defense look awful, right? Mm. Uh, mm. Have we heard of this guy? Uh, Ezekiel, is that Ezekiel Elliott? Is that how that's pronounced? Okay, yeah. Uh, Of course. Is this going to be a revision? Is this going to be a revision? I mean, how has he done this year? I didn't even look at his stats. Well, Tom, this past weekend, he finally had himself a decent day, right? He has 28 carries for 122 yards on the season. He's averaging 4.4 a carry. But against the Jets, he had 16 attempts for 80 yards for five yards a carry. And he got as much work as Ramondre Stevenson did. Uh, I kind of expected when he would go there that he would be a secondary role player. I thought that was kind of all he had left. And he showed at least against a decent Jets defense that he could do a little something still. This is one of those, though, Tom. Like, the Cowboys can't let him get more than – 50 or 60 yards against them, right? Oh, or they would, will be roasted. I would love, I wouldn't mind if he ran for 120 yards and the Cowboys won because that was all New England had. Uh, you know, because I don't look at it just one dimensionally. I just want the win, however they can do it. But yeah, Elliot could be a real part of the headache for them because he's going to want to show out against his former team. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think he left with a lot of hard feelings given the, uh, the weight of his pocketbook when he departed, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm sure he wants to show them, Hey, I still had something in the tank. Um, we will we'll just have to see on that. I just, I just know that they, the Cowboys have to get, they got, they've got, it's not that they got one or two things. They've got a whole handful of things that they have to worry about that just didn't go right. Because what did go right? Uh, you know, Dak Prescott, I don't know. He wasn't horrible. Uh, did have a touchdown pass. Uh, they ran the ball well. Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, Pollard, Tony Pollard is doing well with, you know, he's getting the volume stats. He had 25 uh, you know, carries. Uh, All the Cowboys, stats, he's got more carries than Zeke had up to this point last yeah, year. They're really leaning on him, and I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I think they – I don't like when you're handing it to a guy 25 times a game. Uh, I believe that was the stat. Uh, I looked it up earlier, and I'm hoping my memory's not betraying me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but isn't that kind of like, hey – Pollard, stop Pollard, we stop the team. Mm, I don't like that. Uh, it feels like it. Well, we'll see if the Patriots kind of have what it takes to do that. Uh, they do have a little bit better of a run defense than the Cowboys do, <laughs> but that's not saying much. Yeah, um, we, you know, and we do, you know, we do have one thing we can rely on. We know that on most of the positions the Cowboys have, uh, they can get Brandon Aubrey close enough for field goal. My you fantasy know. team likes that, Tom. Oh, My man. fantasy team likes that. His, he, he, 
he, as RJ Ochoa found, he found it, uh, someone else had it up as a stat. Uh, Aubrey has completed the first 10 field goal attempts, which is an NFL record, I think, I guess, for the start of his career. Uh, gee, that's really great and shows that we, we worried way too dang much about the kicker situation. They apparently had the solution and knew they did. Uh, but you don't want to be having a field goal kicker kick that much. You want him kicking extra points. And, you know, Aubrey's, I think, now kicking kick more field goals than extra points. That's not a good ratio. That's not the way you like to see the stats line up. Uh, so it's it's funny how, you know, the positive of how good Aubrey is doing has become a negative because they're giving him so dang many opportunities to go out there and kick a 27-yarder. Should have yeah. scored a touchdown. You know, that's just – it's not good. You're right. I mean, even when his own teammates are lamenting his performance out there, not that he hasn't been great, but as CD said after the game, hey, when you're scoring three instead of seven, that's – going to lose you a lot of football games and that wound up being the case um yeah. it has been nice to at least feel like that part of their game is sewn up but that part being sewn up only really matters if you feel like you have a shot in the rest of the game and right now tom as we're looking ahead right because we're all at least as fans circling that game a week and a half from now against the San Francisco 49ers. And we want to be in a position where we can feel like we're competing in that game. Is there any level of performance against the New England New England Patriots that can have you putting the Cowboys back on that kind of same tier as the Niners that I feel like you and I both had them on? I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like both of us had them on prior to the game in Arizona. Yeah, I thought they were getting there. I did. Uh they, they would have to look like they did the first two games, I think. If, if they just come out, rack up a 20, 25-point win against the Patriots, then I'll start feeling a little better. Because, you know, Bill Belichick is just an evil genius in some ways. Um, he, he has done a lot with a little at times in his career. I just, you know, I'm worried what he's going to throw at the Cowboys. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy is in a chess game that, that, and he's got a grandmaster across the field. Uh, I just, I'm worried about this. I'm just, you know, I'm not going in feeling at all confident. Uh, hopeful, but I'm not confident about this game because they've got to show me that they fixed some of this stuff, that they fixed a lot of this stuff. Or this season is going to could go south in a hurry. Well, we will see just exactly what they've addressed and how they addressed it when they take on the Patriots on Sunday. I'll mention it, although I'm crossing my fingers because the last time I did, the Cowboys were 12 and a half point favorites and they lost by 12 points. But the Cowboys are currently six and a half point favorites against the New England Patriots for those of you that are interested in such a inquisitions i am interested tom and i'm i'm kind of leaning on it again i think i might take the plunge unfortunately uh, i'm and i and i'll tell you yeah. i'm mystified how can they be seen as favorites after that incredible face plant 
Yeah, I think it's a reflection of how bad the Patriots have looked. I mean, in fairness, weaponry-wise, they are not scary. Uh, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Brooks, or uh, Kendrick Bourne, um, right, or Kendra Bourne. I'm trying to remember. I think it's Kendrick Bourne, right? It's like these no-name guys. Hunter Henry is the leading wide receiver on that team probably at this point, and he's a tight end. So I'm not all that fearful of this group. But I am fearful of Belichick, as you mentioned. So I will take the Cowboys to eke this one out uh, 25 to 21. And I don't think the uh, the field goal issues are, are going away. 25 suggests there's going to be a lot of field goals in this one. Yeah, I don't think – I don't know that I've got my own – own prediction on this because I'm just I think if the Cowboys win it's going to be something weird like 19 to 13 mm-hmm. so and I hope they win I just think it's and I think and it's going to be kind of almost no good because if they win 19 to 13 then I'm going to be real pessimistic going into the Niners game oh boy all right well Get excited about that, Tom. Shake it off, and hopefully let's have some feel-good vibes. Going into this game against the Patriots, we also want to hear from you. How are you feeling out there in Cowboy land, right? Hit us up at Tom Ryle BTB, at RW3, at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. You know, after three games, where do we stand, right? We also, after this weekend, Tom, we're going to do a little rookie watch next year, uh, next week, so keep an eye on that. I'll give you an update on that. What exactly Mozzie Smith has been doing, I've got a deeper look inside those numbers uh, that I want to get to, and I think is worth sharing with folks to give them some perspective of actually how he's doing so far. Yeah. So that's a tease, my man. Uh, Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.